Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome, and first of all, thank you to Nicholas and to Capital Link for inviting me back. Um, for those who I've not met before, my name is Nick Brown. I have the pleasure of leading Lloyd Register's global marine and offshore business. So to start the, uh, the uh, conference this morning, we have 45 minutes to discuss the mega trend of digitalization, its benefits that uh, the marine industry could capitalize on, but also the risks that come from greater connectivity in the form of cybersecurity. To do this, we're joined by a, a great panel. Uh, thank you for, uh, for um, giving us your valuable insight and time. And also, I'm pleased to he see, at least I can see on the, uh, on the Skype, um, technology being used in the conference to uh, connect us with Italy. Perhaps I could just start by asking the panel to introduce themselves and their companies for the benefit of everybody. Andreas, perhaps you could kick off with introduction. Good morning, I'm Andreas Hajbedrov, Managing Director of Columbia Ship Management. We, our job is actually to manage ships on a third party basis. We have about 300 ships under technical management and uh, a lot more under crew management. Uh, digitalization is surely one of the hot topics in the area, and I look forward to a nice discussion with uh, the, the panelists. Good morning. I'm uh, Fanny Salis I'm with Gaslock. We're an international uh, owner and operator of LNG vessels, and uh, I would like to thank you. Good morning. My name is Mark Pearson. I am the managing director of Maran Tankers. Uh, as part of the Angelicusis Group, we're one of the biggest private ship-owning groups in the world. Maran Tankers presently operates 42 vessels, uh, mainly VLCCs, uh, and, and a number of Suez Maxes with two Alpha Maxes. Good morning. I'm Despina Panagiotou Theodosiu. I'm the CEO of Totothio Maritime, uh, a maritime technology company. We specialize on uh, satellite communications and digital solutions, as well as automation and uh, navigation systems. Uh, we have offices in uh, um, Cyprus and in Piraeus, uh, as well as in uh, Dubai and Singapore, and we have a global reach. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Salvatore D'Amico. I'm uh, part of the family owning the D'Amico Group. We operate, uh, we own a total of 50 vessels and we operate a total of 70 vessels, including we provide our ship management service also for third party. I'm uh, the fleet director of the group, so basically I'm in charge of, the, um, of running safety, quality, technical, and uh, all aspects related to the management of the vessel itself. Thank you. I just, uh, maybe we can just start the clock, otherwise we're gonna overrun. <laughs> it started now, good. Okay, um, so, um, big data has long been talked uh, about and uh, Industry 4.0 has added to the discussion. Uh, my board and I'm sure your boards talk with enthusiasm about the benefits of adopting a digitalization strategy. So perhaps I could just ask the panelists to spend a little bit of time of explaining what you're currently doing within your own companies to address this phenomenon. Despina, if, if you, maybe if you'd like to start. Yeah, sure. 
So uh, as a company offering um, technology solutions to ship owners and ship operators, we, we do need to be at the cusp of change. Uh, and of course, technology is what we do, is what we have to deal with every day. Um, <coughs> there are significant changes uh, to our industry. They, they are really transforming it. Um, but there is always a demand for companies like ours to be a trusted connectivity partner because that's where it starts. So this is where we are focused actually, uh, being trusted partners to our uh, customers and helping them through their digital uh, journey. When it comes to um, internal solutions, of course, as I said, this is what we do. So it is pretty much a culture within our company. Thank you. Art? Okay. Um, I think, from, from our perspective, the digital transformation, it, it's a word that's used a lot, and big data is something that's banded around in, in shipping for many years. I think that there's still a long way to go before we really get to the stage where we're using big data. Um, and I think digital transformation is very much a journey. It's not something that you, you can start today and then tomorrow you'll finish. There are many, many challenges associated with it. We have as a company, I mean, there are, some, there are some places where you start. We've tried to create a common platform across the whole fleet of ships and also in the office, uh, uniting many of the different systems that we have, um, using data and, and, and merging data and fusing data so that we get certain reporting information um, on, on a single platform because that, that's what we're interested in. We don't want people to have to run around and jump to 25 different locations to get the information they need for their work. The, the, the big challenge I think that, that we have to recognize is, is the change in mentality of people uh, in the office. It's not such a straightforward thing, and not just in the office, also on the vessels. So we've worked a lot on, on transformation and, and collecting data and simplifying processes and, and giving information in easy, easy to use format. And I think it's a much slower process to actually transform the way people work and the way people want to work. Thank you. Perhaps I could just move to uh, Theophanis as a, as a market-listed company. Um, obviously, as you, for your investors, it's, it's, it's a trend that they get to choose. They see this mega trend of digitalization going across so many sectors, and the marine industry is not immune for that. But as, as we recognize, the marine industry perhaps is one that is difficult to coordinate, difficult to move forward with any form of uh, unity. And we have a well-known saying that, you know, if you have to eat an elephant, don't try to do it in one sitting. So perhaps you could share with me where you think the quick wins are for the industry and uh, where we might be able to see some of the, the biggest benefits most easily gained. Uh, thank you, Nick. Uh, yes, in Cashlock, actually, uh, we operate uh, LNG vessels. We are uh, perhaps one of the most technolo technologically advanced uh, in the shipping industry. So for many years now, uh, let's say we are involved, uh, we are in the front line of, uh, let's say, the, 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 the developments in the technology. And of course, uh, today, uh, as uh, ICT actually re revol uh, revol revolutionized the shipping industry, the challenges become bigger and bigger. And uh, uh, actually, we see both risks and opportunities in uh, today's uh, uh, environment. 
uh, we are trying to identify both and uh, uh, understand both. Uh, risks uh, obviously are uh, associated with, uh, I agree with the Mark, uh, people's awareness and uh, is very important and in fact uh, we, we pay a lot of focus uh, to uh, cultivate uh, a, a, a mentality across um, the, the, the group, including the people on board, our vessels, which is a critical element actually, and because our vessels maintain big connectivity uh, also is a big threat for us. Uh, our customers are very concerned and focused in cyber security issues and how we protect uh, the data and how we ensure that we uh, run our vessels uh, safely. Uh, and cyber security today and we have run scenarios is indeed a threat. Uh, to answer the question, Nick, I think quick wins is uh, actually we see quick wins in two areas. Uh, the first one is that we can move very quickly to a paperless uh, working environment. So an environment that also uh, will allow people to, be, to become more aware about the process and procedures. Uh, and the second element is that we see big potential to improve uh, uh, performance. In our, across our operations on board the vessels because uh, today's uh, the connectivity and the data we get from the vessels uh, give us a bit potential to make uh, quick uh, improvements in uh, vessels performance. Thank you. Um, maybe I just also ask uh, Andreas as a provider of ship management services you, you will no doubt see that quite a spectrum of ship owner appetite to invest in digitalization. Um, wait, have you, can maybe you can just share with us also where you think uh, there's quick wins for, for all companies, regardless of size. Well, um, okay, if you are a ship manager, obviously you have the expertise of dealing with different types of ship owners, to put it in this way. Uh, obviously you have uh, the perhaps the traditional ship owner who has not yet decided whether uh, technology is a blessing or, or a curse. So the emphasis is clearly on, uh, for this type of uh, client, the emphasis is to provide the minimum um, uh, they require in terms of operating the ships and um, at the same time enhancing obviously the relationship between the ship and, uh, and the connectivity between the ship the manager and the, uh, and the office uh, and the owner. At the same time, you have uh, the profile of the client who is really geared to uh, technology. Perhaps uh, under this profile, you would have, um, let's say, big uh, financing houses and investment funds and so on, whereby by the uh, uh, label of uh, transparency, technology, uh, environmental protection, <coughs> they are willing to invest in uh, technologies which are um, available, and um, uh, this includes sensor technologies and so on, whereby you have a live connectivity in between the office, uh, the ship, and, and the client. So uh, what we are doing at the moment is creating a, um, uh, what we call an optimization control room, whereby the data from the ships will be collected on a single platform and uh, through this data, we will be able to create uh, reports uh, with regards to KPIs, vessel performance, 
optimization, uh, fuel consumption, um, we will be able to gather MRV data automatically. So on this single platform, um, uh, we will uh, make sure that we have the data of all the ships and therefore we will be able to create um, benchmarking bet between different types of ships uh, to create the KPIs automatically and so on. So through the connectivity with the ships, we will be able to manage the data internally in a way that uh, becomes valuable and useful for the clients as well. And of course, having stated that, certain clients are more involved and, and aware and uh, wish to concentrate on speed and consumption, on uh, especially the clients that they are paying for bankers, whereas those with ships on time shorter, they prefer to concentrate on, on other parameters and perhaps they're not willing to invest so much in, in technology and sensors. Thank you. Maybe I, I, I could also bring Salvatore in here and uh, from his perspective. Yes. Um, different uh, topic for us because it started 10 years ago and we could talk commentary. Um, then uh, complete integration several across the data. I think that the biggest thing was the safety side because integration um, several data we can take from the network I think the weather, Salvatore, might be affecting your connection. <laughs> it's very difficult, to, very difficult to hear you. Okay. Yeah, I think it's easier to hear you now. Okay, I switched off the camera. So basically what I was trying to say is that we tried to, uh, at the beginning we tried only with uh, uh, performance monitoring and today we went across the entire table uh, to several topics that are today involved in our company in terms of digitalization. Uh, the biggest win is on the safety side, whereby we uh, saw that by collecting some data from the vessel, we could easily understand which vendors were having uh, were potentially uh, and because our job is a matrix risk based job it's a very good way to manage your risk and to uh, reduce the risk to have the possibility through digitalization to understand where the risk uh, mainly is and, uh, and then analyze how to reduce it okay thank you can I make a comment on the Please. quick wins, or just to see it from the um, technology perspective? I actually agree with many of the points of the three gentlemen. First of all, quick wins for whom? The, uh, shipping companies are so different, so there are different wins for, for, each, uh, for each one. Um, then it's really a process, and it's not a one-off change. So we will see many small changes that create opportunities. Ship managers are, are, are building data centers now, and um, we know that there are opportunities coming with these centers, but they haven't realized yet. So this is something to look forward to. What our recommendation is, is to uh, take the long view when it comes to technology, have a strategy, see what's best for your own company, and adapt to it, 
um, I'm not saying take a very long time to adapt to it, but have a process, have a plan, because it's not easy for uh, the shipping company employees, either they're on shore or they're aboard, to adapt to these changes. So we need to uh, always consider the human element when we uh, make these changes. Thank you. I, um, Mark, you also touched on the human side of this change. And I'm interested to know fr from the, the panelists how you approach the human side of this transformation. Do you uh, believe it's best to start with creating, if you like, a central core team to spearhead that centralization, uh, that digitization strategy and pull the company belong them, behind them, let's say? Or, or is it better, you think, to, to try and communicate openly that long picture and, uh, and take the whole company forward in a, in, a, in a, let's say, cultural change initiative? So you said, how, how do we do it? I think with difficulty would be my initial <laughs> feeling to reply. Um, basically, we, we, we didn't think about doing a core team. We never considered it. Uh, you know, changing a traditional company like ours is, is not one of the easiest things to drive. We basically <coughs> started the program, but you know, we, we identified key players in every department, and we tried to give success stories. So that with some simple quick wins that, that were mentioned earlier, people immediately saw a benefit for their work. A problem that they had before was solved using technology. Then some key players in the, in the, in the departments uh, took a lead on various, uh, various parts of it. And trying to get all of, everybody involved in the process is, is really how we did it. I think that if we would have done it with an outside team, not that it doesn't work in other places, it wouldn't have worked for us at all. Yes, uh, in uh, Gaslock, actually, we have a small dedicated team, or not dedicated, but the main uh, responsibility is uh, to deal uh, with the technological uh, developments and uh, cyber security. And uh, also, the team is supported by several reputable third parties, external parties. Um, and in fact, uh, as I said already, one of the main responsibilities of the team is to cultivate the mentality across the broader team. I think that there are so many uh, rapid developments in the industry. Of obviously, cannot everybody follow all of them. So a, a focused team uh, will assist and support the rest in order to cope with uh, the changes. Thank you. So talking about that change and also considering the impact of the crew on board, um, certainly a number of senior ex executives have lamented to me recently that they believe those uh, on bridge watchkeeping duties are today spending far too much time looking down at an LCD screen rather than looking out of the windows. And I'm interested to know, Andreas, maybe you can share, share your view from a sort of crewing perspective, whether you think this is more of a generational issue or it's something that is being, let's say, exacerbated and increased as a result of, uh, let's say, more information being thrown at those on the bridge, uh, more sources of truth, let's say, rather than the single source of truth which you can pick up with your own eyes when you look out the windows. Well, uh Actually, for, for the seamen, uh, and, and we see that with um, quite a number of 
senior officers we have, senior in terms of age, and the younger ones, obviously they all need to go through training on uh, cyber risks, on ECTIS, we have all done training and so on. And the, the way that we approach the training is the same for all seafarers, uh, so they all have a basic training on how to manage uh, the situation on board uh, with regards to um, uh, cyber uh, issues and so on. The, the, expert the experience we have is that it takes much longer to train uh, a captain who is already a captain for the last 50 years rather than somebody who has just been promoted. And obviously this is a generation change. At the same time, obviously there is a certain benefit by having uh, the old experience uh, captains. Uh, so, so in this regard, it's, it's a matter of finding the right balance between age, experience, and training. And uh, certainly, uh, but certainly what I need to say is that training is essential. Uh, companies need to engage in training with regards to the uh, management of uh, cyber risks and so on. Despina. I'm going to be a little bit provocative and say that these executives are certainly not on the ship when it's sailing. It, they are in their offices, so how do they know, first of all? And then it, it could be easily be true because now we have modern tools on the, well, on the bridges of modern vessels that have uh, screens. Um, seamanship has always been about uh, data and making the best, safest decisions with the information that uh, is available, even uh, taking a star site with a sextant is a form of data gathering. Um, an ECTI screen um, may offer, well, actually does offer um, far more information to the officer and far more quickly than the former manual tools uh, of taking positions and marking maps. So um, again, I will be provocative and say, um, do we really all understand uh, modern navigation? So. Mark. I had a discussion yesterday with my operations director, and he said to me this. He said, if you were a 23-year-old second officer on a vessel, and it was 3 o'clock in the morning, you're in the South China Seas, what would you rather do, look at your this or look out the window? And I, uh, I obviously answered, ah, yeah, this, okay, for sure. And he said, yeah, but... What about the things that Agnes doesn't pick up? What about the vessels that don't give an AAS signal, uh, the, the fishing vessels? What about the ones that don't give a radar signal? And so I think that the discussion from our side is Agnes is a decision support tool. It's easier for the younger generation to use it. But you, we have to get them to combine the information there with looking out the window. And, and this is a constant problem for everybody, I'm sure, and training. But it's natural. I, I don't think it's unnatural for, for somebody to want to do that. It's just that we have to build it into them, the discipline of cross-checking what they see and what's, what's displayed on the Agnes. Uh, totally. I, just my point before was that we urge and we want our seafarers to start using uh, modern navigation tools. So we shouldn't <coughs> um, judge them for that as well. Just support them. Yeah. So I, I think as we observe in our uh, daily life uh, also uh, sure, uh, to live our lives through the screens is uh, a risk that is uh, indeed exists. And of obviously this applies to the life of the on board the vessels. I think that uh, seamanship, as uh, has been said already, is a risk that uh, is uh, to be faded uh, slowly. 
And I think uh, and what we do actually in Cashlock is we, in our training regime, regimes to ensure that uh, uh, in actually we have on-board training schemes that try to address the risk of uh, lacking uh, the seamanship. And uh, uh, this goes again for uh, the navigation, the safety and especially the navigational uh, risks. Uh, in fact, navigation, uh, navigating is perhaps the highest risk in the ship industry. So I think again, uh, by introducing regimes uh, uh, and ensuring that uh, trainings like bridge uh, team management or simulation courses and even house training center will address um, the risk uh, our seaman board to operate vessels mainly through the screens. Thank you. Can I just move on uh, a little bit then and talk about data sharing? Because it seems everybody recognizes the importance of collecting data, the benefits that could be gained from that insight uh, individual companies can, can gain from data. But we've, we've also seen significant debate over the years around who owns the data, what are the risks. Nick? of, of uh, Salvatore, you want to jump in? Yeah. Yes, sorry, there was an important point I wanted to make on, on what we were just discussing, which is about the, um, the benefit of, uh, of, this, uh, of this new technology which are available. I mean, all what has been said about the safety uh, of looking out of the window, I fully share it and I completely take it and I think that, uh, as already was said, it must be a mixture of the two. But to be very practical, when, I, when um, um, I worked for the first time on board of a vessel sailing, I was only 14 years old. And uh, at that time, radars on board of the vessel I was sailing were not ARPA. So basically, we had to calculate the, the route of target manually by uh, drawing with a pen on top of the screen, which, allow me to say, was very, very complicated. Today, it's much faster process. You can acquire much more uh, targets and so on. But this is only to talk about uh, radar and we can also talk about axis in the same way. But what is important, for example, on axis, we can set up the, the deck and automatically we will have a lot of uh, uh, data which will be disappearing from the chart uh, and makes the chart to be much more readable. But what, is in, uh, what I think is much more important is the fact that today in Danico we are developing a technology which I will call artificial intelligence, which will be able to bring on the uh, in the master cabin and ashore uh, alarms from the navigational computer under certain conditions, whereby master and our uh, fleet operation center in Rome will be able to catch. Uh, um, any major issue which is going on on the vessel, in particular during the navigation. Uh, this means, uh, from, a, from a practical point of view, that, uh, mm, that we will uh, have a safer vessel. Because if you compare this to the, to the old days, when the master was in cabin, he was not able to look around it. Today, we are developing a technology whereby the master will receive an alarm when he has to jump on the bridge. Okay, thank you, Salvatore. C can so I just mention something? Oh, with regards to the uh, safe navigation and so on and technology, uh, if I take, for example, the, uh, the, uh, the control rooms of um, uh, big uh, organizations, and this is the one which we have also developed in-house, 
you do have the ability to connect with the ship and receive every five, 10 uh, minutes a posi position reporting uh, with regards to the, the actual position of the asset. So basically, uh, what you need to do is um, to draw up the, the, uh, the passage planning, and then you know exactly where the ship is supposed to um, uh, sail to, and you can create logarithms whereby, in case you deviate from the planned route, either in terms of speed or uh, positioning, so on, you get an automatic alert. So the technology is available. The point is whether people are willing to invest. And this is, um, and this is not as expensive as people uh, believe that it is. So what we do with our clients, we communicate with each one of them on those possibilities, and, uh, and then obviously the ships are managed as well from the office. So the, the risk of having uh, your, your captain or the chief officer been uh, um, spending a lot of time on the on the screen is obviously there and it needs to be managed, but at the same time there are means through technology from the office to manage the situation. Thank you. So Andreas, when you have these centers, yes, and uh, no doubt within that center you're, uh, you have the option at least to collect data from multiple different companies, how do you address the question about data ownership and the benefits of sharing data from one company to another? Well, sharing... Or, or the commercial risk of sharing data. Well, I, I think we need to protect the... Um, okay, we need to see it uh, from two angles. The, the one angle is a commercial situation. So none of the ship owners wants to share his data with other ship owners. So this is something that actually <coughs> you, you should not do. This is, uh, th these are the commercial uh, um, elements which are there. Of course, somebody can track the performance of each ship or the voyages through internet nowadays. So it's not, um, it's not a secret. But at the same time, um, we would not share uh, the, the voyage um, uh, data of our ships uh, with any of, uh, of the clients uh, competing with each other. At the same time, sharing data in terms of performance, in terms of uh, KPIs, in terms of uh, even costs, is, is an essential part of our organization. I mean, you need to be able to benchmark because through benchmarking you can get better. So we, we continuously benchmark the performance uh, with other operators. There are forums, there are Intertanko, the Cyprus Shipping Chamber, we collect data and we share. Uh, there is a forum on, on the container ship uh, that uh, the, the data is compared. So through sharing data, you basically uh, improve. So that's important for benchmarking purposes. But you would not share the <coughs> raw data, uh, which is uh, per vessel. You would share your KPIs and so on. And of course, we are a big part of, of the intermanager initiative with uh, KPIs. So that's... Uh, I can give you a specific example how we, we see the data sharing. Actually, and this example comes uh, from a topic of the safety. I'm sure that uh, all of us, we have a, a safe operation of our vessels on top of our agenda. So we participate in a project, in the industry project, which uh, is called Hilo. Perhaps, or perhaps most of you, you know the project. So the project is about sharing data. <coughs> about, uh, let's say, small, non-threatening incidents in, in events, 
basically we're trying to pick up weak signals that uh, will indicate uh, to us there's a mathematical uh, model and processing place that finally will indicate to the operators uh, risks uh, to uh, have a bigger incidence. So I it is important in this uh, uh, project uh, to collect uh, as, more, as many more data we can, the, the more uh, reliable is the outcome of the system. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, we have seen, and uh, the other operators uh, who participate in the project, uh, they find, uh, the, the, we all of us, we find the, the data sharing very valuable in order to have, uh, to, to, to improve our operations uh, uh, in our companies. Thank you, Theo. I was hoping someone was going to mention Hilo because it's something that um, Lloyd's Register was very keen to, to support and, yes, and initiate. And it's something that we thought, well, safety is, is for the benefit of the whole industry. It's not so commercially driven and uh, something that might um, drive caution or hesitation from individual companies. But I'm interested in whether Mark or Dis Despina maybe also have a few points on how we could benefit from the, uh, let's say, the trend of sharing data to, to benchmark the industry and move the whole industry forward. Um, I think, uh, in general, everybody on the panel seems to agree data sharing is beneficial. Uh, and the same thing applies to us. Whatever we can do to improve, whatever we can do to identify issues, trends, uh, sharing information, benchmarking, and things like that, it, it's good for us all. The HILO project is also something we're involved in. Um, and, you know, safety, uh, as, as Fanny said, is, is critical for, for the whole of the industry. From our side, um, we have, we've also been requested and, we, and we've been requested to share some, let's say, commercial information uh, with charterers where they're monitoring the performance of the ships directly. Uh, I think that it's natural when you first hear this to be a little bit concerned, but in our experience, I can say that it's worked out very well for us because when the charterers see the ship is performing and have that sense of, of transparency and, and ease about, the, about how the vessel's being run and, and how it's performing, I think it's beneficial f for us and also for the charterers and, of course, the relationship between both parties. Look, um, it's uncomfortable for any business to, to share data. It's not only in shipping. Um, but we really need to weigh uh, the benefits against the risks. Um, not sharing data, you're probably, or you think you're safe, but um, you're not gaining much. You have lots of data that companies are collecting and you cannot really process it. So what's the benefit of that? Um, um, you really will miss out um, on uh, fully utilizing what you have got. When it comes to sharing, I think it's what you said. It's um, your concern, but uh, if you um, trust your partners, uh, you make sure you have the processes and you're safe, you know who you're working with, you know uh, who you're sharing with, then there are safeguards that you can use. Uh, and again, you it's always weighing the, the benefits yeah. of, of having that against the risk. So let's just talk, move on then and, and talk about the risk with the industry being more connected with uh, modern ships having uh, let's say equipment installed on board by the, the main manufacturers that often comes with a remote diagnostic uh, capability. There's clearly some unintended consequences from that increased connectivity between the ship and the shore. 
We've all seen the, let's say, malicious attack that come with cybersecurity. But I'm interested to know uh, some of the practical examples of how we could also mitigate uh, unintended consequences. Perhaps when crew members are opening up attachments without realizing what they might be opening up and leaving behind on board the ship, or when OEMs are perhaps connecting to equipment on board and uh, perhaps exposing uh, viruses or, or, or risks within their own systems to, to, to ships at deep, deep sea. Perhaps, Theo, you could share with us some of your experiences. Oh, sure, yep. Salvatore, are you with us? Yes, absolutely. I am fully with you. And um, what I was thinking about is the good example I can make about our navigational equipment. Basically, we installed um, uh, all our navigational equipment can be serviced from the shore side by our service company. And, um, and it happens that we are saving uh, not money, but we are saving time, which is even more valuable than money. Because the most of the time when we have a problem on our navigational equipment, maybe it's a radar, maybe it's an axis or something like that, they are able to intervene uh, remotely. Uh, in order to, let's say, maintain a certain uh, level of safety standard, the connection which um, is used in this case has two uh, safety features of which I'm aware. Then obviously there are several others. The first one is that the connection is provided directly by them. They are also the internet service provider. I'm talking about Marlink company. And the second one is um, uh, and I know that this is a military encrypted uh, connection. I, I know this because I asked them directly. And the second one is that there is a key on the bridge which must be uh, literally turned by the ship's captain in order to enable the, um, the maintenance team ashore to service the ship's equipment. If that key is not turned, uh, they cannot uh, intervene on the equipment because the ship is, uh, let's say, offline in a certain perspective. And we, as an internal policy, we only do this job when we are in port or when we are in an anchor. We never do it uh, during navigation. If it is a real emergency, we can stop the vessel and then we do it, but we never do it while the vessel is sailing. Okay. Thank you, Salvatore. Um, I'm sure there might be one or two questions from the floor, but maybe whilst uh, you're thinking and preparing those questions, maybe Theo could also share with yes, us to, his experience. Yes, to address your, your question before, yes. I, I, I think that, uh, um, uh, and for us, and I guess today for many operators, for all the operators, that we provide a large connectivity also for our crew and also for uh, uh, various key vendors and manufacturers, in our case, we provide uh, real-time uh, access to at least three major vendors, uh, manufacturers in our case, and they get uh, continuously data on board. So the exposure uh, to malicious attacks or other uh, similar uh, risks is there and is big. So in our case, actually, we have taken uh, actions uh, like uh, we, we run uh, vulnerability uh, tests, uh, uh, we run uh, penetration tests, uh, uh, we do some uh, gap analysis between our standards and uh, our uh, uh, procedures against uh, TMSA, against ISO, against uh, various other uh, standards in the industry. We involved uh, we involve, uh, third-party experts and 
in order to uh, design, improve our uh, security in our systems. Uh, we run drills and we simulate uh, various scenarios about our exposure. And I think that uh, more or less all the operators now they have started to take such mitigating actions. Thank you. Uh, maybe we just have a few questions left. Uh, sorry, a few minutes left. Any any questions from the floor? I don't know if we have microphones available. Maybe we can hear you. Please. Well, uh, actually, you can uh, approach the the um, clubs and um, request a cover, so the cover is available. However, it's it's not. Um, is not obligatory, so it depends on uh, whether the individual companies wish to uh, uh, go ahead with that or not. And um, our experience is that also on the on the insurer side, there is not enough experience to um, to cover uh, for this adequately. Having said that, um, we are uh, we are talking with. Uh, with them so that we get uh, some kind of coverage, but this is really a, an, on a stage which is um, very, uh, it's an infant stage. Um, in all fairness, it's what I said before, is, is technology is this a blessing or a curse? How do you actually uh, draw the line and where do you actually want to make sure that uh, you position yourself? And um, I think it depends on each company and which direction they like to go. I think we maybe just have time for one more question, otherwise we'll, uh, we'll slip the agenda. Please. Just at the front, in the middle. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, without wanting to rock the boat, um, about 35, 40 years ago, we had a major accident in the fleet. We had a, a modern ship about four or five months old and collided in fog off west, of the west coast US, off Long Beach. The description by our operational guy when the actual ship collided, we were all in shock, of course, because it was the only major accident we ever had, was this was a radar-assisted collision. I repeat, a radar-assisted collision. I'm only mentioning this not to rock the boat, but just to mention that wherever technology exists, there's always the human factor, there's always the element of, of the human being being the extraordinary ability which he has through his instinct, his ability, and his natural way of production that is always good to rely on technology, but a couple of eye, pair of eyes on the bridge will always be much more helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Justina, one last comment? Uh, I, I just want to respond to that. And I absolutely agree, technology is there to help people, to help our people. So um, we should really not see it as um, the enemy here. We should see it as a tool that you can, we can utilize to help us. Um, so uh, I, I understand, yes, there are, there are um, uh, let's say, accidents that could be uh, because of technology. But again, technology is there to help us. It's there to assist the humans on board. Uh, and we should just try to see it as just a tool, just a friend on, on board to make our, our, um, to make our work easier and improve our business. Thank you. Thank you. So I think that uh, is, is all the time we have for this first session. Maybe you can join me in thanking our, our panelists for the first session. Thank you. Thank you.